Welcome to the Caddy Wampus Podcast. I got a friend of mine, Chris, here with me today. And man, I'm I'm so excited you joined us. And uh, we were just talking about how we kind of got connected up. So we've been running around the same circle and we have a lot of common acquaintances and friends and relationships. Um, but we hadn't really ever really sat and we've said, hey, in the coffee shop a good bet, but we actually we actually have a viewer, at least one viewer, because he watched a video that said, hey, if you know somebody or you'd like to be on the show and share your story, what's your cattywampus moment in your life, like reach out. And he reached out. So we at least have one viewer. So thanks to our production staff and all that, we got one one person for certain. No, but it's been great hearing the stories from people that have been watching it. And we're mixing up, you know, recovery and non-recovery related. And I think your your story, if I if I remember um, what we were talking about, it's it was while you're in recovery. Like you got a recovery story, but that event was not it was tailing up. So we'll get to that in just a minute. But like what does it mean for you to be able to be here and be able to share a, a story? What does that just mean to you at kind of high level to you? Well, you know, I did things all my life for um for me. Yeah. And uh without any regard for anybody else. If it was good for me, I did it. If it felt good, I did it. If it was uh, the the right thing in my mind to do, I did it. And um, I've tried to live differently in that last uh, several years. And um, now I try to do things that I think are going to be good for many yeah. or good for others. And um, that feels a lot different, doesn't it? It sure does. It, it sure does. And um, I didn't. I didn't know... What I didn't know when I didn't know it. <laughs> well, it so, didn't know. So. Yeah. But, um, can you, call my, can, you call my, can you call my wife and tell her that? Sorry, he acts like that or does that. He doesn't know that he doesn't know that he didn't know it. Right. right. Like, so even though she's told me 20 times, maybe this week, you know, you know, I never did it. I was never a, a bad guy. I was, I never did anything to hurt people intentionally. Right. I never knew that I was hurting people unintentionally and in their actions. Mm. And, and, you know, uh, the people that love me the most, they didn't tell me that. They didn't say, well, yeah. you're hurting us until it was a thing. Gotcha. When, when it became a thing, it was a thing. <laughs> then you knew it. Then, then, then what you didn't know that you didn't know, they let you know. They let, me. They let you know. So that's right. Um, so there's hope for me there. Dean. Yeah. If you're watching this, just keep, keep screaming at me and tell me what I don't know that I didn't know. And maybe I'll, I'll get it, but no. So, but man, thanks for reaching out. Seriously. Um, I'm, I'm excited to have you. And I think what you're going to share is going to be pretty, pretty interesting. And, and so what's that, what's that event in your life that was so cattywampus and just, it completely took you by surprise. Like what, what, what was that? Well, see, see, I didn't know that either at the time, but, um, I'm a big guy. I like to eat, I like food, and uh, I love pancakes. My mother's pancakes were fantastic. I made them fantastic. I just yeah. what is well, I don't know, Bisquick. There's a plug for Bisquick. You need to send us some some money there. We just plugged it. I don't know, but um, they were awesome. Yeah, I can't remember the first time my mother made me pancakes. 
I can remember distinctly the first time that I drank beer, smoked weed, uh, drank wine, got drunk. I can remember that day as if it was etched in my memory and it happened yesterday. I can't tell you the first time my mother, who loved me ama amazingly, made me pancakes. So looking back and thinking about that, that's, that's like, doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. But I remember how I felt and uh, felt, felt amazing to not feel. And um, as, as life kind of carried on, you know, I, that was a built-in function. And it didn't get any better. Didn't didn't uh, didn't lighten up and didn't change. They just kept building on itself. But in the moment, um, I I ran a successful life by myself, um, an only child to a loving mother, and uh, college graduate, got a job worked, did all the normal things that normal people did, but as the uh, alcohol consumption carried on, that was a, um, carried on till I didn't know what I didn't know what I didn't know, and it was hurting a lot of people, and uh, if you had asked me the day before I quit, if I was going to quit, I would have told you, no way. There's just absolutely no way. This, this is amazing. Yeah. But then that moment happens. That, 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 maybe that's the cattywampus moment. Yeah. Where the uh, expectations had been lowered faster than the events were taking place. Oh, that's interesting. The expectations. Your expectation, my expectation, of yourself, or of myself, of, of life, were lowered, but not fast enough for the next event. So you were falling short. Yep. And um, you know the the I had a violent car accident right here in Alpharetta, where I live, work, and play, where people know me. Where I have a, a house in the neighborhood. And um, I never intended that day to hurt anybody, but I did. And um, I did it right in front of my insurance agent's office on Highway 9. That's crazy, right? Like, I wrecked two cars and sent people to the hospital. And and then um, the the crazy part about that, uh, that cattywampus moment was... Uh, I had to go to the hospital myself, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, I checked myself out of the hospital against medical advice. And the only solution I had to the problems that I had at the moment was to uh, mix a drink. So I went home and mixed a drink. And then the next day, the, the caddy office moment took place where my mother, who was just awesome, just an awesome woman, I, and I can't imagine the shame that I brought this woman to do what she did. But she said that I couldn't be part of the family anymore, that her and my dad had spoken and that unless I got help right now, 
I could no longer be part of the family. She, she'd never see me again. And I believed her. So that moment of clarity came. And uh, that was uh, 16 years ago, this coming July. And uh, the greatest gift I've, I've been given was not, not that I put down the drink. But so my mother got to experience me for seven years as a sober man. And I got to walk her through the toughest part of her life. And she's passed. I've got a great relationship with my dad. We're pals. And that I never saw that coming. What do you think? What's the biggest challenge you've overcome in sobriety? Because mm-hmm. because you're you're out making stuff happen, right? I mean you've had you've had a, Yeah. Yeah, I work, you know, and I, it's, it's, uh, I'm self-employed and I've been self-employed since a year and a half before I got sober. And that year and a half was kind of ridiculous, but we don't even go into that. I can imagine what the last year and a half was ridiculous. And, um, yeah, I'm an insurance broker and I do employee benefits and I've been doing that for, 17 or so years. And uh, the the, uh, the things that I've learned along the way, and, you know, and, I, and I, I think really what I'd have to say that's more important than the, that part of the journey is somewhere around the uh, 2016, after my mom passed, 2015, I uh, I knew there was something missing in my life. There was a real hole in my heart, and uh, I walked to, I walked into three or four churches, five churches, and um, I really have been to, uh, exploring my relationship with God, and and that's where I'm really enjoying uh, this part of my life, where I'm getting an opportunity to love and serve in a way that. I never cared to do before or didn't think about doing before because it was not top of mind. And, um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, that's it. It's, you get to, you get to answer them however you want to answer them. So that's great. I mean, but you're getting to cook pancakes now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Getting to express and show that love that you've, that you felt and think about when you say, I mean, you say pancakes, you start smiling. Right. Right. And it's, um, the same thing, my grandmother, you know, I remember being in her house with my grandfather. I, I spent a lot of time there hunting. And um, all through the winter and fall and winter, and when you'd come in from the morning hunt, you, I could I could know the smell when I opened the door. I was going to smell the bacon that she had fried, mm-hmm. and the waffle iron was already going to be hot and mixed and ready. You know, so within two minutes, three minutes of walking through the door, you're going to be eating a great waffle mm-hmm. and bacon. And um, it's just those memories that are there. I can't remember the first one I had. I can't tell you the last one I had. I can tell you the enjoyment I got out of it, how much she enjoyed to do it. But I tell you the first time I got drunk, the first time I got high, the first time I had sex, I, I all those things, but they're not of value. Not, it's not something that I care there. What do you, what do you think in your 16 plus years now? You said 16, yeah. 16 plus years. What have you, what have you, what have you learned? Like two or three takeaways that you've learned to help you Go from where you were, like fundamentally mm-hmm. what's different with you now than where you were? Well, one of the hardest, there's a couple of hard lessons in there. First and foremost is um, 
I'm not always right. That's, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. But I'm not always right. Yeah. Um, I can't do it alone. I need help. Mm. I need to. Uh, I need to humble myself, be grateful, and ask for help. Um, because it is, for me, the most important thing that I can do for myself. Um, not need all the answers. Not need to put all that burden on myself to be all knowing, which I know is not true, but, right. but we can tell ourselves, we tell, sure. I, I, I could tell you, I could tell you how to fix your car and <laughs> how you're supposed to t- talk to your wife and kids and all the things that you're supposed to do. And I can't, uh, balance my checkbook. You know, that, that that's silly. Are we supposed to balance our checkbook? Yeah, well, I haven't <laughs> done that in a while, but I don't want to talk about that. So, um, you know, if anybody's watching there, then they just need to get all your debit card. They, you can take advantage of Chris's debit card. He doesn't balance his check. Yeah, it was, so, yeah right. <laughs> so, um, anyway, the thing that, the thing that I think, um, I've learned them is to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's in life in general. So you'd said, um, yeah, you don't know everything. You ask for help and the other was that. Who is it? You don't know everything. I don't know everything. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to know everything. Ask for help. And you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. And it's just like it is. I mean, we got two guys sitting on the backside of the, can- you know, it's like mm-hmm. this isn't just, hey, let's turn on the camera, have a conversation. You want it to be, capture someone's story. You want it to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. So say, like, okay, what do I not know? Right? Okay. I don't know. Like, could I edit? Yes. Could I do that? Yes. But am I going to do it? Really well, probably not, right? I don't, I don't know how to do it. I need help. I don't have all the answers, and so you know, you do it. And whether it's our recovery, whether it's how you tell, help tell someone's story, how you reach people, how you serve, how you cook pancakes, hey, everything in it. But man, why do you think it's so hard for someone? Or let's not even say someone. Let's be more specific. For someone like me and you, why do you think it's so hard for us to ask for help? Well, I think that that comes from the hard wiring, you know, the, the, the wonderful families that we had, the people that were in our lives when we were young and and impressionable that told us maybe, (laughs) pardon me, you can do anything you want, honey. You can be anything you want, honey. All you got to do is go out and do it. All you got to, and never in, in those loving exchanges were there any instructions Mm. that said, Honey, you can be anything you want, but you're going to have to ask for help along the way. And you're going to need some people in your life that really are going to be pulling for you. But you got to go find those people. You got to build your tribe and you got to go do this. No, you can do anything you want. You set your mind to it. I'm sure of it. And so I went out and that, that was my marching orders. That was what I thought. And, you know, to even to the point of delusion where, you know, I I was going out and living really badly, not with any regard for, as I said earlier, with no regard for anybody else. All about you. All about me. And, um, and, and, you know, if I, if I knew that I needed help and if I knew that I was broken and it was okay to be broken, yeah. um, and I asked for that help earlier maybe I would have got it. I don't know. Yeah. That's, you know, but you said something interesting. You can't do it by yourself, and then you use a really a word. You just threw it out. It was no big deal. But for some, it, it they don't even understand what it is. You said the word tribe, um, 
And to me, if I don't have my band of brothers and the guys that I'm really living life with and pushing against something, man, I'm, I'm delusional. I think, oh no, I got people. I got, I've asked people for help, but I've, I've asked them for help, but I haven't truly drawn them in and given them permission to speak truth into my life and help hold me accountable to what I'm going to do. So what is a tribe? When you said tribe, what does tribe mean to you? No, it's a, it's a lot of things, but over the last few years, you know, uh, my business, my life was affected by um, COVID like everybody, like uh, like a lot of people's. Right. And um, I watched my business essentially dry up. I was, I'm a toe to toe. I'd go into companies and work with them on their life insurance and their disability for their executives and almost to an account. We don't want you coming in during COVID. Well, I was always a boutique player. I was a one man shop. I'd go hire per diem people to come work with me when I had big enrollments. And, um, I didn't develop any electronic tools or these enrollments. So all my business is going to these big brokers that have electronic tools. So as my life is really, I'm, I'm you know, not old enough to retire and don't want to retire and not ready to retire. Probably all, in all honesty, just, you know, can't afford to retire at mm-hmm. this point. I was literally thinking, well, you know, you need help. So I, I, I met a guy when I got sober and he's, uh, a guy that I know at church as well. And, uh, a year and a half ago, year and a few months ago, I went up to him and I said, I said, you know, dog, I, I think I need a job. I think I need to come to work for you. And I explained the whole story. I told him the truth, told him the truth. And uh, which is hard to do, especially we're 15, 14 and a half, 15 years sober. Supposed to have all your shit together. Life's going great. Like from outside, someone looking in, hey, Chris has got it all, right? Yeah. But then you're willing to ask for help yeah. there. And and I did, and I, and I was not even closely prepared for what happened next. But we started a business, and the business is thriving more than my insurance business ever did. Right. Like crazy. And now you know we're flying to California in a week to go see a. Another partner company that's looking at us for a different journey altogether that I wasn't even on, and um, and it's okay. You know, I'm not defined by my job, how much money I have, what I did, what I do. What I'm defined by is how I treat people now, and well, that's a big. That's a big. That's cooking pancakes. Yeah, it's how we're treating people and why we're treating them that way. That's that's a big shift. Yeah. Big shift, and uh, you know, asking for help, I think puts us in a posture, kind of hands out. You know, not we're not holding on. It's kind of like, okay, um, I, I I need some help. Can you you know come join me? Give give me some you know give me some insight. Give me some support. But two it may just be a, a kick where you need a kick or a push and all that. So there's been some of that too, right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've had to. I have to have a hard lesson. I have to have the two by four to the side of the head, face pushed in the mud, yeah. and gurgling. And and this one, I didn't go that far. I just said I need help. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's that's uh, pretty. Mm. It's humbling. Sure. Uh, yeah. To 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 be able to walk through that, ask for help, but then to share it publicly. Yeah. So thank you. But I know life's pretty epic right now, which we're gonna we're gonna ask that here in a second. But to get to that epic life, to be able to 
position yourself there to to ask for that help there when you're well down the journey. What are some of those double D's, your daily disciplines that you're doing? If someone's watching right now, like what what are you doing? A couple of things to to stay balanced. So mm, I read uh, recovery literature every day. And I read the Bible every day and I journal in the Bible. I journal uh, about what I'm reading in the Bible. Right. I curate a uh, Bible reading for about 15 guys. I uh, don't through the Bible app yeah. and nothing special. I just then, you know, to intentional though. Intentionality is special. Yeah. Well, but you know, so what happens for me is today I'm reading a, uh, about discipline and Proverbs. And I'm like, yeah, I need more. I need more than just that sentence. So then I go out and I find the next 30-day challenge that we read in Proverbs. And I have 14 or 15 guys that I invite, four or five, <coughs> come along every every reading. And we all make our comments. And it's kind of nice because you're getting snippets all day long because not everybody reads at the exact same time. Yeah, They make their comments. And you could be in the middle of you know, to you get be get ready for a lunch appointment, and all of a sudden, man, I needed to read that about discipline today. I was I was ugly to my wife or ugly to my kids, and then it can give me the pause that I need to say, "Well, wait a minute, yeah. stop that, or it. I got to calm down going into this." I prayed before I walked in this meeting and into this room because I needed some just peace. I just, and I so I do that every day. I pray every day, and um. And then I try to uh, I try to call five guys a day in recovery, and that it's usually more than that. And we're not ever talking about recovery; it's just talking about living life on life's terms and getting better at that. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. Those are some good daily disciplines, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, those are those double D's are some are are there for someone if they want what you have, and like how. If they want what you have, man, how epic is life right now? Like, what, what, what are you enjoying that you never thought you would get to enjoy? You know, really, it's that there's a lot of people in my life, not just men, but relationships I have with people that are just magical, magical. And my the probably the the most awesome one to me is my dad because he's he's not. So I, I, I say dad and everybody that knows me knows that I say dad. He's my stepdad. He was married to my mom for 30 years. He received me as uh he received me when I was broken. And he lived with me while I was broken for 30 years. And then he was part of the man. He was the, you know, he loved me enough to be with my mother and stand locked arm and said, you know, you can't be part of the family anymore. Then after my mother died, he wasn't my, he's not my biological father, but he's, he's my dad. And so that relationship is awesome. Um, and it didn't think that would even be possible. Never, never in a million years. And then I got some really crazy good guys in my life that I just love and love me. And, you know, I just can't, I, some of it, I can't put words to, but the the relationships are magical, yeah. and then the really the most magnificent thing that's happened for me, and I 
have to learn to say it first in my relationship with God. And it's, um, it continues to change me in ways that I can't imagine. And that is just awesome. Yeah. You know, it is, is man. It's like when we submit or I think we really, those of us that are in recovery, um, and are working a, a recovery program or what, whatever belief you have, when we position ourselves in a stance of surrender and powerlessness from brokenness, it, that position, man, it, it can take us places with a relationship with God. That's just on, on the change that can occur in us is on, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a miracle. When you look at the miracle, we're, we're, we're not drinking and drugging and acting like a bunch of self-centered pricks, right? We don't have perfect days every day, but alcohol mm-hmm. and drugs are not a solution. I think I said that to you the other day. I said, when I, you know, cause we were t- talking and I said, yeah, you know, things are going really bad at work, but having a drink wasn't going to fix it. No, not at all. And so as we land, as we land down here and going to close, if you look into that camera, if there's someone that is right where you were and it's just like, man, they just don't, they just can't see a way out of this. They are absolutely hopeless. What would you, what would you share with them? I don't know if you really want me to say that. No, camera. No, I want you to say that. Mm-hmm. Does it? Well, whatever you do, you got to do it for yourself. You can't do it for anybody else. You can't do it for your wife, your kids, your mom, your dad. This is for you. Um, and if you're not done, go finish yourself off. And what I mean by that is, and, until you surrender, until you are truly surrendered on your knees, begging for mercy. It's just not going to work in my opinion. And that's your opinion. No one can change. <laughs> I mean, that's a great thing with it, man. So I'm super grateful you were here. And as, as all I get, I mean, as you, it was awesome. You no, know, it's awesome. It's authentic and it's your story. And that's what it is. It's your story. They can't argue with it. And so thank you for sharing that. Thanks so much. humble and vulnerable to share that with us. If you enjoyed today, man, we're uh, excited that you watched with us. Please share this, like us on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you can, I guess, isn't that what they're supposed to do, Zach? All platforms. platforms. Please like and share us on all platforms. But hey, most important, check us back out next week for another great story. So thanks for watching.